Homemakers, our show is made possible by a few carefully selected advertisers and because of our Patreon friends. If you haven't yet, we invite you to show your love for the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. There you will receive downloads to both of our cookbooks, exclusive access to snippets of the Homemaker Chic book as it's being written, and a private invitation at the end of every season to join us for our live fangirl party call. You can be a part of Homemaker Chic and show your support for the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. And now let's rock this show. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Monday, Monday, Monday. I need to say that in my best, like, monster truck voice, but I don't think I have it in me. It is Monday morning. This is the Homemaker Chic Podcast. I am Angela, also known as Parisian Farm Girl, and I'm joined by Shay Elliott, also known as Shay Elliott. Yes. Of the Elliott Homestead. I'm feeling a little punchy because my list is long and wide, mm-hmm. and it's really intense. Mm-hmm. Look at my robe in the background. I didn't even pick that yep. up for you guys. Um, yeah, it's Monday. We have two episodes left of this amazing questioning our summer season, which has just been fantastic. But how was your weekend? Um, it was good. I am praying right now a lot for my emotions because <laughs> we have a very big trip coming up at the end of the season. We will... We are leaving and we're going to be gone for two weeks. And anytime you leave kids and farms and, you know, my mother-in-law's flying in from North Carolina to stay with the little ones that are, that we're not taking with us. And, you know, it's just a mm-hmm. lot of emotions and um, trying to keep my head on straight, <laughs> really, tr- really trying to keep my head on straight. <laughs> I try to do that. Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Forget yeah. international travel. Just keep this in Yeah, position. so we're in this really oh intense, you know, I always lament about February and about August because they're very displaced months to me because you really have a foot in both ponds. So it's still 105 here during the day and I've got tomatoes coming off the vines and I've got sheep out to pasture and we're changing waters and we're harvesting all this stuff and it's just this really mm. thick, hot, summer it's thick and i'm also organizing school curriculum and attending meetings and returning emails and preparing curriculum and um you know making sure we have pencils and planning out our school year and so i don't Mm -hmm. i can't fully be in either so it's this really icky time i don't enjoy it i'm happy to like put my head down and do the work but when the work's kind of hazy and unclear it's like February, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're starting your seedlings. You're like tending to these little things. And do right. I have my seeds ordered? And are they, are they organized? And like, should I order some new fresh bark for the pathways while simultaneously like plowing snow out of the driveway? And it's just this yeah. really... Keeping animals yeah. alive. Yeah. Again. It's just this weird time. Um, I, yeah, there's so much going on in the garden, like... There's just some stuff. I'm just just sticking it in the freezer. Like tomatoes, I will see you mm. in a few months when I have mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really it feels very intense to me. Um, 
my trips in a mm-hmm. month. And I know it's just going to go by like a complete yeah. vacuum. Yes. I'm not even going to bother with school until we get home. I mean, no way. We usually don't start till like almost the end of September anyways, because I've just found, I figured out a long, long time ago, like that's what works mm-hmm. for us because I'm too, um, the garden is too demanding. And I, then I get like a, it's not an enjoyable experience. I like at least the beginning of the school year to have this like homey, first day of school feeling I don't want it to be like a hot mess Mm -hmm. and while we don't you know our our schooling isn't set up to imitate a classroom or a school experience I do like that sort of vibe at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year like you said the sharpened Mm -hmm. pencils you're getting your new kids backpacks for when they go to co-op you know just sort of that oh it dissolves very quickly yeah less less you think oh she's super organized she lessons (laughs) plans and has sharpened pencils uh no in in six weeks, everyone will be writing their math lessons with a crayon. But yeah. that doesn't mean you don't try. It doesn't mean you don't try, try. And you still have to have the curriculum settled out. And you know what I had to do? I'm having to also talk myself out because we're going to be gone for two full weeks. Plus the transitional mm-hmm. weeks. <laughs> like that kind of buffer I, either side of the trip. Say, when you get back, you're going to be such a creative um, When I get like, back, like... It's not like you're just going to yeah, come... Six hours later, yeah. whatever. I don't remember the timing. of Like 9.30 the next morning, I get my braces. I'm just like, we'll just drink from the fire hose. Let's just do this. Um, so that'll be great. But yeah, I, I've already gotten those emails from people like, I cannot wait. And I, genuinely, you guys, I want to say this. We've been asked a lot about these trips and... I told Angela, I don't really want to talk about it because I I so badly don't want it to be like, I'm going to Italy and isn't that just fun? And don't you wish you were here? Like I so badly do not want it to come across like that, that I'm almost afraid to even yeah. talk about it. But I have got the kindest emails from people that are like, thank you so much for taking us with you. We cannot wait mm-hmm. to see this through your eyes Please make sure that you share photographs. We, we just like, we can't wait to experience this alongside you. And that means yes. so much to Same me here. that there are people out there. Because you know the icky ones are coming. I know they are. But <laughs> but but that it is really people's excitement for us, just knowing our individual mm-hmm. passions for each mm-hmm. country. It really, it's it feels very beautiful and mm-hmm. genuine. Like our audience is cheering us on. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. Yeah, exciting. it is. Especially because we're both, these are kind of work trips for, not kind of. These are work kind trips. Of. These are <laughs> full work on trips. work trips. And so. I mean, poor us. Yeah, but yeah. So it's not like, oh, did I pack the right bikini? I mean, I'm like not thinking about this at all. I'm thinking. There's no swim No, I'm are. thinking about. It's like, are these shoes going yeah, to support How long me? will this camera battery will I crumble? Um, exactly. How heavy is yeah, this camera? Yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just, I'm genuinely like so excited to be able to to share that with people. I don't remember why I was saying that. Some, it was something about school. I don't know either. I don't remember. Yeah, about like the fire hose. Oh, it's all there. The next day it's all and- there. Um, which, and it's all so good. I feel so grateful for it all. It's, yeah, woe is me. I have to go shoot an Italian calendar. Okay, I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. I do have FOMO for It'll... your trip, though. I am like, I'm I'm so sad that I'm not going to get to experience Paris with you because, frankly, mm-hmm. when I, the last time I went was 15 years ago. I was 21. I had never been anywhere internationally before. And 
Mm-hmm. I it left a pretty pretty bad taste in my mouth, if I'm gonna be honest. Oh, so I'm telling you, I am the person to go to Paris mm-hmm. with. <laughs> I believe it. I will pop those rose colored glasses yeah. on you and take you places. Oh man, I'm just yeah. excited. But I'm also a completely well as we all. That's what this show is about. It's about, um, like, knowing better, doing better, growth, development, sanctification. Yeah, like I am. I went a lifetime ago. It's been it's been like so long. Five kids ago, six a life, kids ago. You know, six kids ago. Yeah. And I went. I did a lot of French travel before that, but like now there's this huge gap, and it's really interesting. Like as I'm packing. It's just like a silly maturity moment. But even in just contemplating the trip and packing for it, I'm thinking, oh, you're you're mature mm. now. <laughs> like your 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 thought process, your um vanity or lack of vanity, your pragmatism, there's a lot of things very different about me just in my mind and just in my mind, because I'm not there yet, obviously. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Like you you don't when you become a mother, you have like a big life change or a new career or something like there are only a few markers where you get to go, "Oh, mm-hmm. the last time I did this, I was this way or mm-hmm. this way or this way." You know, a lot of life moves so fast. So this is such a huge gap of time. And yeah, it's just it's just interesting yep. to me. I'm I'm a grown yep. up yep. now. I even feel like that, um, well, I feel like that leaving the kids behind for sure, because the last time we went was just about four years ago. And so I was leaving behind when we went for that week. I I left behind like a two, four, six, and eight-year-old. Like it was incredibly a different age. Now I'm like leaving my kids lists like, hey, boys, make sure you do this while I'm gone. You know, and they're like taking care of the farm and taking care of the animals. And of course, they'll have adult oversight. But I'm leaving behind these just really amazing little capable, you know, children. And and like career-wise, the last time I went, um, we were in a much different headspace and we launched the cooking community that month. And yeah. that was four years ago. It's like we've had four years of like our lifeblood going into this cooking community now. And mm-hmm. wow, like don't you see things differently just from that alone? You know, it's it's mm-hmm. just so incredibly it's so incredibly different. But I know I've shared this story before, but I went to the bank last week and I picked up euros because the when I landed in Paris the first time that I had gone, I got there and I'm like, OK, I need to get a taxi. Right. I need to get a taxi to my hostel. And like, how do you get a taxi? I'd never ridden in a taxi before. I've never like never flagged a taxi, never paid for a taxi. Like, do they take cards? I don't know. Do my cards work here? I don't know. I had no idea. Flagged a taxi. I had no idea. And so I learned very quickly, like instantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to prepare for this a little bit, you know? So this time I'm going mm-hmm. like with cash in hand, just just way more prepared so I totally um identify with what you're saying and frankly I love that like whether you're traveling to Paris or whether you're doing your laundry I just said to my dad the other day there's some things in my life that I almost wish wouldn't have come to me until I was at the maturity where I could do them well you know um Mm -hmm. and like I feel like I've I've ruined some things um Mm -hmm. just because I wasn't quite ready for them 
So it is fun to get older, you guys. Like our culture is so anti being old. And I wouldn't go back to six months ago. No way. You couldn't pay me. I, I so enjoy the forward motion of learning and maturing and growing. Right? Yeah. There we mm. go. So yeah, a busy okay. couple weeks coming up. Well. A busy couple weeks coming up. <laughs> um, I can't find luggage, so. Why? Because you're just too picky? Yeah. Because I just have oh, every, oh, champagne taste. Everything I picked out, it was like, oh, that one's $600. That's why you like it. You know, and at some point right. you just have to pull the trigger and settle, Angela. To to taunt me, my mom just keeps sending me Louis Vuitton oh, trunk come on. photographs. That's nice. I like vintage. That's my dream. Suitcase is a vintage Louis Vuitton. Okay, but you know, I could do that or have a vehicle. Yep. I suppose. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Um, the last time I was in Paris, Louis Vuitton on the Champs Elysees, they were doing construction. And you know, there's always scaffolding and cranes and what have you. Oh my gosh! To just you saying that, you can smell Paris. The scaffolding uh-huh. and the cranes. Oh, the, the diesel and the diesel, cigarette and pee, freshly and- lit cigarette <laughs> and diesel. If I smell a flesh freshly lit cigarette, I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> and or if or diesel yes. when the UPS man goes by in town or something, I'm but, like, oh, I always tell my kids, Paris, that's Paris. Paris. <laughs> I can I can feel it. Um, the, when I went to Paris, it was fall. And we we would walk around with the lady I went with when we would say, oh, Paris in the fall. Oh, Paris in the fall. Like, I can feel what you're going to feel. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. More in yes. the cool air. Coffee. And then swampy saunas on the, on the metro. But anyways, Louis Vuitton had covered their scaffolding to look like a giant suitcase. <laughs> It was like three stories tall with the handle and the LV. It was amazing. And I took a picture of myself in front of it because I was like, (laughs) this is incredible. Oh, it's going to be so good. Who does that? (laughs) Who covers their scaffolding Mm -hmm. to look like a suitcase? Mm -hmm. It's the French. The French. Okay. Okay. Are we Uh, ready? I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose. We've been taking your questions this summer, which has been a lot of fun. It helps us to really get a finger on what's going on in y'all's world. And if you would like to submit a question, you can do that at Instagram. This has been actually such a popular season. I mean, our numbers over this summer, normally numbers for everything, if you're a content producer like Angela and I are, whether it's YouTube videos, blog articles, whatever, they all drop off in the summer because people are out having fun. And that's great. Um, The podcast has like all but doubled in size over the summer. I don't know what's happening. It's, um, it's really, I, I mean, like you said, in, in like content creator world, yeah. it's unheard of. Everything else during the summer, you kind of have to like, whether it's YouTube or whatever, you you do it because you can't stop. You're not allowed to yeah. stop. <laughs> That's the rule. But it's sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm glad four people are yeah. going to see this. But I'll just keep working hard. But the podcast, I don't know what you yeah. guys are doing. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks um, for sharing. And this has become such a popular season, you guys, with the questions, that I think going into next season, we're just going to have a little... Um, also, the longer episodes, people seem to really like the longer episodes. So I think we'll keep, you know, maybe switch up the format a bit and keep a little section for questions. Um, 
I do miss talking about topics because I think it forced us to kind of think a little deeper. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. But also the questions are fun. So we'll see. Yeah. We always try to change it up just a little. I hope you guys have noticed that, whether it's a wine testimonial or mentioning Patreon at the beginning of the show or adding new mm-hmm. songs each season for our, our ads. We try to like keep it a little mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. for you. Yep. Very much so. Okay. All right. Angela has the questions. I don't. Alrighty. This one's okay. Do you gals have a playlist anywhere for entertaining, cleaning, etc.? I try to find a good mix, but so many have explicit songs thrown in or it's just not quite what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. We've been asked this a lot, actually. And okay. we answered this question, actually, just a few episodes ago. Beth Crowley of Crowley House. Hi, Beth, on Instagram. They they have a great her. podcast and they share all their Spotify playlists, I think, over on her Instagram or somewhere. Where is it? Oh, cool. um, but okay. they have like gardening mix and all kinds of... I haven't listened to them, but I bet they're wonderful. Um, Angela and I usually clean to much different music. We actually have fairly different tastes in music. So I don't create... I have a liked songs playlist on Spotify, but I just heart things as I like them. It has no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, I'm still a boomer that uses Pandora, so I can't share anything. I don't think you can share a Pandora list. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do have, I think I mentioned this before, I do have hours of music on my YouTube channel because people like the music that I select for my videos. So I did make a huge like playlist so people could clean or, or entertain like what she's saying. There you go. So there is a video on my YouTube channel. And um, you'll be able to find that. that there you there. go. Uh, you and I have things that we, our pl- our music tastes intersect, but then they go f- far yes, away. They, do. <laughs> they go like this. Yep, they do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, music is a really personal thing, which is I think is great. Um, um, I will tell you this. This is fun. My kids, we've been throwing down this summer, I've told you. We're just throwing down we work really hard then we go to the beach uh when we go to town we do this silly thing where we we get to town and there's all people man it's just thick because it's all tourists and everything we roll down our windows and we put on edmundo ross wedding samba (laughs) (laughs) and play it really loud as we drive through town and my kids all wear like my sun hats Mm mm-hmm and so we're like going through town. You got the queen waving on the side, two paddle boards strapped to the top, a truck full of kids, all with huge sun hats on. And we play it. We like, if we slow down, then we turn it up more. <laughs> we just like try to attract attention and they just giggle. They think it's so funny. And yeah. you're so funny to me, the queen waving on the side. She's talking about that giant sticker that looks like Queen Elizabeth sitting in the car on the window waving, you know? Cracks yeah. me up. I love it. <clears throat> you're so funny. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So sorry, we don't have more recommendations on that. I've been into this band called the Teskey Brothers a lot lately. They're an Australian band, um, but I'm pr- I'm pretty into that, okay. pretty heavily right now. What? Sort it's of like music? bluesy, funky rock. Okay. Um, I bought a bunch of albums at the resale shop, and I've been playing classical music on vinyl there you go loud 
I love it. I love the scratchy. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of like lifting the needle and putting it into place. Mm-hmm. I have like one that's all like waltzes. So it's blue Danube and it's so beautiful. And I play it in the house. And so you've got like, it's about just creating yeah. like this vibe, the ambiance of this romantic environment that I prefer yep. to live in. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so it just really has added to that. That's been actually a, a real, I think, a part of my um, enjoyment this summer because I started doing it earlier this summer. Sometimes I'll take the record player out to the garden, like plug it in on the side of the house, and it's very mm-hmm. romantic. And I have other albums too. I've got Aerosmith, I got jazz and everything, but there's mm-hmm. something about the classical music just even in the house it's just always like kind of off in the distance the kids know if the needle gets to the end they just lift it and start it again it's very romantic highly if I'm trying to set that like that romantic vibe in my house like when I'm cleaning I put on Django Reinhardt Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people aren't familiar with him it's D J A N G O Django um weird name Reinhardt and nothing sets the stage it's upbeat, it's fun, but it could also be turned down and, and be dinner background music. I mean, it's just, it's the best. It's the best. Um, you might like Henri Salvador. Okay. If you like Django Reinhardt. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll try this. Yeah. His sings are really, his most, one of his most popular songs is, um, well, it's in French, but in English, it's called My Winter Garden. Okay. And you've probably heard okay. it before. But yeah, it's yep. very enjoyable. That's a great one. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh boy. boy. All right. I'm not. I, I just uh, skimmed this. Uh, I don't know what we're going into here. Where do you start? She says. This is uh, Madison Krug. Where do I start? I got married in April. Congratulations, Madison. Uh, and we moved into a really old house that is almost renovated. We got a few goats, a couple pigs. Winter shelter's not built yet. We have aspirations for outdoor place, but things are at a standstill. So we're living in the middle of multiple works <laughs> in progress. And no progress is really happening because we are both employed off the homestead and struggling to keep up the bare minimum of cooking, cleaning. I desire to be a homemaker, homesteader, homeschooling mom, but right now I feel all the tasks at hand are already so much that there isn't even, and there aren't even human kids <laughs> in the mix yet. Help. <laughs> Yes, welcome. (laughs) Uh, Okay. At the risk of sounding overly simplistic about this, Mm -hmm. I think what happens is not that the situation changes or that you find some organizational tool. I think your capacity Mm. just expands. That is really well said, Shay. I think that was very well said. Because it... (laughs) <laughs> yep. It, it, yeah, there's no like, there's no Mm-mm. system I found on Instagram that I've employed. There's no calendar that's just changed me. Uh, mm-hmm. No. You have, yeah, it's it's a constantly setting priorities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, the way Stu and I do this is Monday mornings, we sit down, we get up a little extra early, get a cup of coffee, and we sit down with my... <laughs> $10 a little Target planner, just like patrons if you're watching the video podcasts. Um, it's really simple. And we just say, okay, what does this week look like and what do we need to prioritize? Like what are things that we can't not do? Um, 
And then it's just a matter of doing those things. And it's like, you know, kids, you got one kid and you think, oh my gosh, how could you ever have two? And then you have two and you think, oh my gosh, how could you ever have three? And you just genuinely expand as a person. And that takes time, so be patient with yourself. But you got to prioritize. Um, and sometimes you don't get a choice. Sometimes at work, outside the home, sometimes it has to be your priority. Um, mm-hmm. We also made the decision when we had Georgia that I was going to stay home and we were going to live off $28,000 a year. So like that was us. Exp- that's what expansion looked like for us at that point. It was this is how now we're going to prioritize things. So... Um, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Every, everything always takes a bite. You know, it's, if you give to one piece, it takes Mm -hmm. from another. That's just the way that it is. So I I don't mean that to sound pessimistic, but. (laughs) And you do start to, that, I mean, those are a lot of plates. Yeah. Like those are a lot of plates to juggle and we know what it's like to juggle a lot of plates. And you do get to the point where like you said, your capacity mm-hmm. increases and your reality increases, your pragmatism. Like, I literally know there are things I will not get to yeah. until February. There are not things I will get to until November. Like, this is, mm-hmm. while the ne- it fi- might feel like the need is now for me to do X, Y, Z, or this needs to be attended to, there literally are only so many hours in the day. And I just give permission to my to myself like that's going to happen later yep that's just there's no yeah but that takes a maturity to submit to that yeah and it takes like a it's like literally like just letting go because my personality is I want everything done now I like I want all my ducks in a row I always want it to maintain I what you know I want it neat I want it tidy I want it finished like and it's just like that's mm-hmm. not life and I personally really struggle with looking at people that I jokingly lovingly call ha- have normal lives mm-hmm. quote unquote normal lives like people with finished homes <laughs> where they bought it and all the baseboard was in place and there were granite countertops and there are no animals and there are 2.5 children and yeah you know it's really it's really easy to think like it's easier for them or whatever but it's not everybody's situation is relative and everybody has their to-do lists and their stuff that they can't get to and yeah I think it's just for me I have to look and go okay that like my chicken coop needs to be cleaned so bad there's no way I'm getting to that in the next Mm -hmm. six weeks no way I just have Mm -hmm. to let it go yeah and the only thing I would tag on to that just because you guys know me and I can't keep my mouth shut about this um there's no heritage in your stuff okay at best you have some expensive trinket that you pass down for a generation or two before it's lost or sold um there is a heritage in your kids and as Christians, yeah. particularly, and I know this is certainly not exclusive to Christianity, but it is countercultural. We think, okay, let's get the house done, the baseboards on, let's get the bank account to this point, let's get our careers to this point, mm-hmm. let's make sure we've we've done these things, and then we'll have kids. <laughs> um, and I just think yeah. that is so so sad. 
um, that that's how we see kids. Like there's something on our to-do list and, oh, wouldn't that like a vacation to the Bahamas, you know, like, oh, wouldn't that be kind of fun if we Mm -hmm. like had a kid Um, instead of what they are. And your house is like as much as I love having things in order and as much as I strive for that as a homemaker, there's no... There's no eternity that's attached to my clean refrigerator or to my baseboards or to my garden or to my animals. Like those are all things that can and will pass away. And how mm-hmm. how often do you see these people who have built up these lives and these homes and then they get old? They get old and they have to sell off the farm and, um, you know, what matters at the end of that is like, who's by your bedside then? Who's by your bedside then? It's not your garden. It's not your cow. It's not your organized life. And it's not your bank account. Not your clean baseball. So (laughs) just what the, we say this all the time. The work we're doing in our home is good. It's good to want to improve your home. It's great to want to do these things. There are more important things. So I would just encourage you to, to keep the right perspective. Um, And as disruptive as having children is to just self- uh, how much more would that be if you were a lot older when that happened and you were very set in your ways and everything was perfect and organized and accounted for? Um, that's going to be a hard fall <laughs> from grace when you realize that kids are kids. <laughs> um, okay, do you have another question? Because I've actually had a couple come through while we are uh, while we are talking. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is going to be very unpopular. Oh, brother. Oh, wait. That wasn't the one I thought it was. <laughs> okay. Um, this is from Cassidy. I'd love for you both to talk a bit about intentional choices that you make in your marriage to try to be the best wife that you can be, regardless of how you feel towards your husband at the moment. <laughs> for example, if we are arguing, I always serve my husband his plate at every meal. Even if we are arguing, I always serve my husband his plate at every meal. I find that doing nice things, even if I don't want to, generally softens my anger and helps me to get over myself. I would love to hear your go-to moves in that regard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is a, this is a great question, Cassidy. Yeah, it is a great question. For me, um, my, we've been married a long time, and there are habits that bug me <laughs> and I do not always respond the best to those habits it's just it's that's the truth so similar to what she's saying um, and I don't know if he would agree <laughs> if he would agree with this but in my mind this is the fantasy world I live in but serving is my my go-to um, a lot of times it's just it's it's more for me than it is for mm-hmm. him um, it's, would you like a mm-hmm. cup of coffee? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really, that I, I imagine that could sound really dumb and simplistic, but if I'm starting to feel like bitter or annoyed or flustered, um, you know, with the condition of the kitchen or, or the tension in the house or whatever, um, that's my go-to question. Mm-hmm. I, that's, it just, it, it's almost like a, um, it's a chip remover for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And from there, then what it is, it's an invitation for him to say yes, like to have like a positive interaction if we've been butting heads or whatever. And then I know he's going to sit down and enjoy himself and drink it. So it's just mm-hmm. a little, it's just a little move mm-hmm. that I do. 
that's intentional. Tim Keller is a Tim Keller is a pastor in a church in New York or Manhattan or somewhere. And um, I remember taking a marriage class when Stu and I we had just been married maybe five or six years at this point, and he was talking about how when you're arguing with your spouse, it's really helpful to ask yourself the question. Well, first to take that to the Lord and just say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. And emotions are real. You have to acknowledge them. That doesn't mean they're they're right or that they can't be worked through, but they are real. And so mm-hmm. first off to, um, to just sort of confess that and recognize it. I think a lot of times we know when we're being ridiculous. We know when we're being childish or selfish or mm-hmm. pick any pick any emotion <laughs> short-tempered whatever right right um we usually know mm-hmm. that but it can take a while for our head to sort of get to the point where it can override that emotion anyway tim keller was just like okay how let's say you're flustered with your husband well how would you treat your husband if you weren't flustered how would you treat him if you loved him how would you treat him if those emotions were in mm-hmm. place um in a positive way and mm-hmm. and do those things because you know, it's the same with babies. Not that I'm comparing our husbands to babies, but like one of the reasons we love babies so much is because we serve them constantly. Like we know what it takes. We're changing their diaper and we're feeding them and we're yeah. loving them and we're snuggling them. And like this is part of the the loving process. And the same is true for our husbands. Mm-hmm. And do not send me email about what I'm about to say. Because this is just a snippet. But I had a friend who has gone through some some marriage woes in the past, some pretty severe ones. And she said to me, one of the things that really helps her when she's emotionally not locked in is to make sure that sex and supper is accounted for. Sex and supper. And I again, that might sound a little overly simplistic. That is certainly not the whole picture of admitting fault, asking for forgiveness, being willing to give forgiveness, all these things. But... Um, it's that act of service. Um, a lot of times when you're angry, mm-hmm. you don't want to make them supper. You don't want to have sex. <laughs> like there are just those barriers right. that we put up um, when we're flustered. Um, and sort of this, to me, like writing that list in my mind just makes it easier. Like I'm not having to, to solve the world's problems. I'm not having to fix every little thing. Mm-hmm. But you still need to account for these things. And um, yeah. anyway, that's been very helpful to me in the past. Something else I do, too, is, again, very small and probably more for me. But touch is mm-hmm. his thing. There you go. Yeah. It's not really mine. It's not really mine. So I do like the yeah. walk by. If we're aggressive during the day, I do the, like, not patronizing shoulder squeeze, but just, like, a, pr- a pressure yeah. on the back, or just a, like, touch like I'm here like I'm not so mad that I won't touch you okay (laughs) yep yeah it kind of um yeah so there you go let your Um, let your emotions follow your actions right mm -hmm. don't let your actions no wait do you know what I'm trying to say wait a minute don't leave your don't let your actions follow your emotions let your emotions follow your actions. Does that well, make sense? Well, it's like with anything. It sounds so dumb, but it's like with wanting to work out or doing whatever. Like you don't wait for the feeling yeah, to come. Yeah, it ain't coming. 
a successful person, <laughs> successful people yep. will tell you, like, yep. you act first. And it applies to, like, everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. Okay. That was a great question, Cassidy. Okay. Yeah. Do you have another one? I got you, another one. Do you have another one? Um, okay. This is just a fun little one. Okay. Caroline asks, okay. how do you organize your recipes? <laughs> Carol, well, you're, you're under the assumption. Like that's what you yeah. do for a living. <laughs> exactly. Um, does like gummy, filthy, post-it note covered cookbooks yeah. count? Sure. <laughs> my cookbooks, first of all, I write in my books. I whether it's Outlander or my Bible or a cookbook, like I'm doodling, I'm underlining, I'm marking it up with my thoughts or whatever. And so that's what my cookbook pages look like, my, my favorite recipes. But I, most of the time I'll find some mangy bacon grease covered post-it note in mm-hmm. there or not. My recipes aren't organized. They're just, I have a bottom shelf full of cookbooks and they're dog-eared and mm-hmm. abused. And you know which ones you like and you know where to find like your biscuit yep. recipe or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. But like my, my, now my mom on the other hand, like it's, you know, I, it's old school, like yep. three by five, you know, I have three by five cards with my grandma's handwriting on them and mm-hmm. yeah. So those mm-hmm. are tucked away, but I mean, yeah. Yep. That's very sweet. Um, I I have a lot of cookbooks as well that I dog ear and write in, and I keep um, a few close at hand in my kitchen. But then um, I do run the cooking community, and I I do I like say, actually like, eat oh, wow. this food. Like everything that we shoot for the cooking community is stuff that we actually eat, and um, they're printed on these. I don't have any in here right now, but they're printed on these really beautiful wipeable cards. But I put them into plastic sleeves and put them into three ring binders, which is very unsexy. But they're a five by eight card. So I have just a binder for like desserts and breads and beverages. And then I have a little binder for entrees and side dishes. What I like about them is they lay totally, the three ring binders lay totally flat. And then it's extra wipeable. So the plastic covering is wipeable and then the actual card is wipeable mm-hmm. as well so that's how I keep them organized in fact you know Stu's mom is coming to stay with the kids and I had asked her would you prefer me to like help you with food prep do you want me to like write down do you want me to menu plan for you like would that be helpful because you know you're coming to cook for mm-hmm. three kids that can be a little intimidating and she said no just mm-hmm. just leave out some of your recipes that they like and I can and I can make those and so I'm just going through the cooking community binders and just marking okay here's a chicken and rice recipe or here's a meatball soup recipe or you know just here are some really Mm -hmm. easy ones to make and um and I actually keep a binder of cooking community recipes all of them for my kids because I do think that this is this wonderful little pocket of heritage like here's the food of your childhood you know here's like here is your mom's biscuit recipe and here's your mom's cobbler or here's how I did this Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's fun to be able to pass on to them so they they all have their binders as well that they're not allowed to touch or look at really they're for when they're older more responsible (laughs) but yeah that's how I organize them okay yeah my girls um they use my I have a very speaking of mangy copy of my own cookbook in the kitchen and the girls yeah. use it all isn't that fun and it's to the point where they have the stuff memorized so now they know mm-hmm. the recipe and yeah 
Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. What baby names would you love to have used if you had more kids? I just thought about this because yesterday was Will's birthday, and if Will was a girl, uh-huh. he was going to be Scarlet. Shut up. That was going to be Amelia's Oh, name. really? But it started mm-hmm. with an S. Yeah, we didn't really, like, settle on the A and J thing until Juliet was oh, born. Oh, okay. I think thought she was going to be a boy and I wanted to have a boy named Julian because I love that name and so then we went with Juliet and I'm like well I'm not done I gotta gotta have that Julian yeah so we're gonna so yeah she was going to be Scarlett Monroe and she actually likes it so much she doesn't want kids but she's like maybe I'll name my my cat that I'm like the hell you will (laughs) oh Georgia's middle name is Knox and she's adapted that as her pen name you know, all authors have their pen names. Oh, that's nice. So, Her yeah. Name so she's Knox. Yeah. She's like, can you call me that? I'm like, no, that's not your name. Your name is Georgia. Um, if Juliet was a boy, she was going to be Benjamin. And it's still a name I love. And I still feel like I have a baby mm-hmm. out there that's named Benjamin. And it makes me sad because okay. I genuinely like mourned him. When she was born, I was so happy. But we had picked out, we didn't know what she was. We had picked out a boy and girl name. And so for those nine mm-hmm. months, it's like I had two babies. I had a girl and her name was Juliet and I had a boy and his name was Benjamin. And they were so, so real to me, both of them. And that I genuinely like felt like he's still like missing. I don't know why that one struck me so weird because we we had names yeah, picked out well, for all of them. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I So I miscarried and her name was Ava. So that's a name that didn't get, got used, but mm-hmm. didn't get used. Um, but yeah, Scarlet, somewhere the word Monroe. I love Marilyn Monroe. That's the street I grew up on. I think it's a great name. I love a touch of masculinity mm-hmm. with a feminine name, like mm-hmm. Georgia Knox or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, I loved the name Christian mm-hmm. so much, but Joel did not want to end up uh, mm-hmm. with Chris. And I loved the name. Um, well, I like weird names. I love the name Joaquin. Starts with a J. Uh, but that's about it. Other than that, I used like the names that I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of trendy names. If you're if you're trying to name your kid, I would just encourage you to avoid some of the trends. Which I'm not going to say what you they know, are in France because- up until a certain year recently like in the last couple decades uh you could only use saint names that's why french names are so beautiful typically they're not trendy they're saints names Mm -hmm. yeah the classics the classics are always good to go with if you're not sure they're classics for a reason that's one of the reasons we went with william (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) they are for a reason there's no yeah it's like no one's questioning the name william Right? Like it's it's a solid boy mm-hmm. name. It's not androgynous. And it's like you know mm-hmm. what it is. And I always appreciate that. This is coming from a floral designer who had to write out cards to every name imaginable. And you're like, really? Really? That's what we're doing here? Could we could we just keep it between the rails? Could we keep from 
the extreme ditches on either side, please. Please. Your kid will thank you, okay? Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> She's giving me the eye like, <laughs> you're going to make people mad. <laughs> um, what bulbs and wait, new what? seeds are we ordering for next year? What bulbs and new seeds are we ordering for next year? <laughs> okay. And I can't see who asked me that because my screenshot has a pop-up at the top. <laughs> I don't know who asked that question. I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know. My gosh. What's going to happen is I'm going to procrastinate like I do every year. And then everything, every iris rhizome that I want is going to be sold out. And I tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not buying Dahlia. What the heck? I'm going to learn. I'm so tired of them not showing, turning out in the colors they said yes. they were going to be. I'm just tired yes. of the price. <laughs> I'm tired of all the things, and I'm going to learn how to grow yep. them from seed, and I'm going to dial it in on the exact colors. Well, see, they say that, they say that dahlias just, from seed don't come true to color more so than bulbs, no, and that's why people buy the, you know, the thingy. Um, none of my dahlias came up maybe orange. That's just a marketing They're all lie. orange. It's like I don't. Put orange. I don't put any orange in my garden. What the heck? These are all supposed to be like burgundy and soft pinks. They're all orange. I don't know. Like that's what happened with my tulips this year. They were supposed to be Belle Epoque tulips. And they were like neon, orange, parrot. Beautiful. Not beautiful from my garden. Beautiful on my table. So I, I did. I bought this box of a thousand bulbs and they were supposed to be an apricot orange really beautiful they came up halloween orange so my uh, my option was to pull out a thousand bulbs which is a lot of money if you're wondering how much money that is it's a lot or what i ended up doing which was getting um sort of bright pinks and then softer pinks and like planting those as well to kind of soften yeah exactly to kind of (laughs) soften And at least here, tulips are perennials. We don't pull our tulip bulbs up. Uh We don't replant them all every year. But they do like, you know, you get three, four, five years of growth and then the bulb will actually just kind of die. And so I'm just sort of transitioning Mm -hmm. it slowly and doing it that way. The Darwin hybrid tulip is, you know, your really standard like five petal tulip shape. Um, and this year I would really mm-hmm. like, I have a ton of those in my garden and I would really love to plant some more unique ones. So some of the parrot tulips and some of the, maybe the, the double ones. blooming ones and just kind of ones, yeah, to sort of mm-hmm. soften that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm done with, I'm done trying to grow ranunculus and I'm, I'm done with dahlias. Nope. I spent I'm done $200, I think this year on dahlia tubers and they're terrible. Just terrible. I'm so frustrated. And I had this really gorgeous section of my garden for artichokes and dahlias. And I just pictured it in my mind, like mm-hmm. what it would look like. And it does not look like that. It's so disappointing. I actually get really envious when I see people's big dahlia patches. I'm like, what sort of magic voodoo are you doing? Hoodoo. My dahlias. Hoodoo. Yeah. Because <laughs> the ones I started when I got the wow. tubers. And I planted them in my greenhouse in pots and got them going early. Those ones did very yeah. well. 
So I don't know. And they can't, those ones actually came up. They were the Cafe Olay ones that were so hot a couple years ago. They were terrible mm-hmm. in my garden. But um, those came up true to color. It's too, it's too bright, bright here. It was me, like for those to ones. have a late, you can't yeah, see to them. have a late summer flower that's already basically white. It's yeah. bleached. No, it's, it's gone. And the white it's light. It's totally gone. Yeah. You need those hot colors. As much, I just, I have learned with my garden, like as much as I don't like love hot pink and magenta, like I love it. I can appreciate it. That was more a move I made as mm-hmm. an early gardener. I now know, okay, you might not like have like a, an emotional response seed shopping when you see that flower, but that's yeah. what your garden needs. You'll be happy yeah. once it's in there. That's what I've Yep, very learned. much so. <laughs> because... Those beautiful pale pink, yes, gorgeous in an arrangement, but in the garden just or in gone. the spring, in the spring because of the lighting, they actually read differently. So those soft pastel mm-hmm. colors are really are really beautiful that time of year. But this is the time of year when you need like magenta zinnias, um, red wine yeah. zinnias. I love. I have a hard time with zinnias. They're like the easiest flower to grow, but my flower beds are really established with perennials, and they just eat. Mm-hmm all the annuals they just eat them and so mm-hmm. i think next year i'm gonna have to like get them in pots which don't do well here i don't know i don't know i haven't got there yet i mean i there that there's a lot of stuff like that i do in my that's because it's a potager so i do yeah. with my vegetables those pops of color with the with the vegetables and then i know they're not gonna yeah. get crowded out yeah they just anchor the end of a row or give a little something to the yep. vegetable area um i do if there's a tulip that I didn't really like, I do pull them, and I put them in the orchard. So this year, we actually had a smattering of tulips in the orchard. It was really enjoyable. And I think this year, as far as something I'm going to purchase, I'm just going to get a big box of like the really generic, multicolored, yellow, red, purple, whatever, And because it's far away. It's an acre, at least, away, two acres away. Um, and so... Yep. Those dark colors will look good from the house, and they're not a part of my garden yep. design. Nice and friendly when yep. you come down the driveway. But I'm going to get those like cheap box of yep. tulips. Um, all the bearded iris. I am a massive fan of bearded irises. I think they're just phenomenal. I have um, a really beautiful variety called Concertina. Um, that, one is, that one is so beautiful to me. That's one of the flowers. So I, I don't know, like a Lysianthus, where I look at it and I don't, what to do with how it makes me feel the concertina iris Mm -hmm. is so Mm -hmm. gorgeous like how is that even i know a thing i know they're just so they're so beautiful i would love those and the iris you know the rhizomes they'll spread and you can divide them and and spread them out and um so they kind of they really do keep on giving so you buy them once Mm -hmm. and you can divide from them for years and years and years and years so i would love to do that yeah, and when they're done it's a just great structure yeah. the foliage is a great structure in if your garden's more and it stays really green even without a ton of water so um yeah i will probably concentrate more on irises next year than anything else because i love them <sighs> okay okay 
Last year, we finally took the jump into the freeze drying world with a beautiful new freeze dryer from Harvest Dry, and we are so glad that we did. As a homemaker and gardener, these freeze dryers have the very important job of making sure that nothing, whether it's a bountiful crop from the garden or leftover soup from Sunday supper, go to waste. These incredible machines are very versatile. You can use your freeze dryer to preserve dairy, meat, produce, and even complete meals. Here's the very best part. Everything is completely automatic. You literally just fill the freeze dryer trays, push the start button, and walk away. Preserving food can be that simple. Freeze-dried foods last for 25 years in your cupboards and will maintain taste and color and flavor. The food retains nearly all of its nutritional value, and home freeze-dried food costs one-third the cost of store-bought, which means your freeze-dryer from Harvest Right will pay for itself in no time. This is the perfect season to order your freeze-dryer so you can have it set up and ready for spring and summer bounty, whether you're freeze-drying fruits, vegetables, herbs, milk, or even eggs. Harvest Right machines are the best on the market and will soon become an invaluable player of your preserving kitchen. Visit bit.ly forward slash Harvest Right Homemaker or click the link in the show notes to shop your new home freeze dryer system from Harvest Right today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Tubes & Co., Tubes & Co. believes in skincare products that nourish and restore and come from simple, wholesome ingredients. Emily began crafting skincare and makeup from her farmhouse kitchen after discovering how organic tallow, high-quality cold-pressed olive oil, and other quality natural ingredients made a huge difference in her skin and in her family's wellness. Now, Tubes & Co. has expanded to not only include beautiful skincare, but also wonderful makeup products. These are products that I use on my skin every single day. I wash with the charcoal bar, and then I move on to the glow serums and the hydrating serums, all the makeups, all the bronzers, all the highlighters, the mascara, the eyeshadow. It's all so clean and so good. Visit tubesandco.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC for a 10% discount. Are you ready for a well-appointed bathroom? How about a stack of gorgeous towels from American Blossom Linens? I have them and love them. For your well-appointed bathroom, why not wrap yourself in the most luxurious, thick, oversized towels made in America? These long-lasting, absorbent, heirloom-quality towels will surround you with the plush comfort you can expect from 100% organic cotton. Feel the softness of the ring-spun, combed, two-ply cotton loops against your skin. These towels and washcloths are Okeotex certified, so you can rest assured they are made without harmful chemicals. Unlike others, American Blossom's fully organic cotton sets of towels are made with all USA materials. Nothing ever leaves the United States. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEIK20 for 20% off. I got my laundry room functioning like you said too, and it's so nice. Keeps the rest of my house neat too. Had my sewing machine combined with laundry, which made them both an unworkable space. Thanks for the rudge and the, not the rudge, the nudge in the right direction of my home. Like the CEO of my home. Um, We did a season on that Mm -hmm. last year, right? The CEO of your home, that Mm -hmm. was a great season. But she wants to know about finding inspiration in the in-between seasons. Most of the canning is complete. Lucky you. Um, <laughs> fall seeds Whoa. are in. Dang, woman. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're done here. No no projects are what? awaiting. No projects? Uh, in my eyes. It's making it hard to read. 
Yeah, what is this? Who is this person? I feel like she's playing a joke on us. Her cape, her cape is blowing in the wind. No projects are awaiting immediate attention. Um, you guys are going on vacation too. How do you handle the? I don't have those. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is an in between season? Does not compute. Does not compute. Rest, if girl. You are so rest. blessed as to has have an in between season. My gosh, either take a nap or pick up a hobby that you've always dreamed yeah. of doing. Because if you have the luxury of time, yeah, I would be all mm-hmm. over that. Yep, pick up a hobby. I yeah, I have had to give up hobbies. I want to do all the hobbies. Um, I want to watercolor. I really, really, really want to learn how to paint. Like, paint. I want to take a still life photograph and then I want to learn how to oil paint it. Um, I've given up on knitting. That's just I love it, but I love the sound and I love the yarn and I love to collect all the little things. But then, I'm not so good at being meticulous or counting or being precise or any of the things that you have to be when you're knitting. Um, so, yeah. Well, you have too. We both had to just sort of be like, this isn't the season of my life for that. But um, I don't have those yeah. in-between times now. Um, maybe I will when I'm not homeschooling in 20 years, but... <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we talked about something similar to this f- last month, but maybe okay. we can kind of flesh, flesh it out a little bit. Good morning, Mariana says. Tulips and twill. Uh, this is over on Instagram, so be sure you're submitting. We have one more questioning mm-hmm. your summer, questioning your summer episode, so be sure to um, pop those questions over to us in the DMs. Uh, my question about for the podcast is about food and company. Different people have different food <laughs> beliefs, and I'm okay with that, of course. But how do you manage company in from out of town who may not feel comfortable? I think she's saying comfortable with oh. your weirdness. Comfortable with raw milk and homemade butter and other homemade unconventional foods. Do you just buy the store things so it's not a stress on your guests? Or do you have the mentality of they're a guest in my house and this is how things are done in my home? Okay. You want to approach any situation, regardless of what it is, with grace for your guests now like the fleshly part of me wants to be like damn it i made this butter and you'll eat it son (laughs) but that is not what paul says we should do in the new testament he says that we should actually you know sort of bend to our weaker brother and if something if they're sort of bound by something that we need to be sensitive to that um and so the spiritual side of me is like we want our guests to be comfortable now that doesn't mean that we need to bend to their ridiculous and silly whims and if your butter is safe to eat you don't need to make a stink about it just put it in a butter dish and put it on the table and if they say oh is this homemade butter and you say yes and they say well i don't want to eat that then that's on them okay your job is to make them feel comfortable within within Mm -hmm. reason right um now, this might not be the time for you to bust out beef carpaccio, right? People have a thing about that. I say this. I taught my cooking community to make beef carpaccio, and I know it's it's a challenge for a lot of people. If you're not familiar, beef carpaccio is raw beef that you slice very thin and serve raw. Um, so make something, make a comforting thing. You know, no one says no to a loaf of bread and a nice hot pot of soup. And most of the time, people don't aren't going to ask, oh, is this meat home raised or did you, you know, they just don't, they don't really care. So 
So it could be, um, it, I don't think it has to be either or. I think it can be a combination of both with the idea of um, your company in mind. That would be my go-to. I'm sure not going to the store to buy No. Milk. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, here's a pot. Would you like to pasteurize No, then it? they can, can just have water, like right? That. We have, here's your options. Yeah, right, we have right. milk. We have sparkling water. We have coffee. Like, what would you like? Right? And that's a mm-hmm. way that it can be both. It can be both. Give them yeah. options. Um, they don't have to have butter on their bread. And I think, too, like... Um, you know, you've talked about like cage yes. stage, right? I think when you're, if you've made a transition in your life to homestead or or raise your own food, uh, sometimes it's just best to like yeah, just shut that. up about it. Big just shut up time, because most people in the morning, if you're serving breakfast, well, and I don't know, maybe your family's obnoxious, <laughs> but most people aren't going to go. Is this yeah. raw milk? Like you just right. say, here's some milk. Um, but like it's like kind of some you can kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you're yakking about it all the time if you're yakking about the gross butchering process or how dirty the cow's teats were that morning or you know you can kind of create a problem where there might not have had Mm -hmm. to be one um we get asked about food stuff a lot um and i so i think it's a i think it's actually an issue for a lot of people about having company over i will say now like we don't have friends who eat the way that we do we have no friends who eat the way that we do uh, they come over, either. they know what to expect. Yeah. But I will say, like, when I, all of our friends also, a lot of them have many children. So when I have a family over like this, a lot of times I'll make sure there's, like, a pot of just plain rice, that there's bread, that there's a platter of fruit. Like, there's sort of these foods that most pe- most kids like, right? Like, most kids are happy just to mm-hmm. eat a piece of bread and have a little thing of grapes or something. Um, and so I'm always sort of thinking about the meal like, okay, this chicken curry that I made might not be their favorite thing, but like there's rice, there's fruit, there's enough for them to, you know, their, their parents will know how to sort of dish them up and account for that. So um, I always try to offer some like plain safe foods to go with what we're having. Right. And, you know, I... I think if if you're having company into your home, like you've budgeted and spent the money to either feed your livestock and raise them or do the gardening and you spent the time, I don't think you need to go to the store and buy junk food to appease someone. If you want to dial down the weirdness, like you like or like you said, if not everyone enjoys curry, mm-hmm. so here's a blander <laughs> option. But I don't think you need to go bring things into your home to be accommodating that you normally Mm-mm. wouldn't nope um you could probably find a happy medium if you want to bring go get some chips and make homemade salsa mm-hmm. great you know but also make sure you're yeah, a good guest uh, while we're on the subject because we got some questions about this like right? what if i don't want to eat what they're serving me you eat it because that's what it means to be a good guest okay and like one meal is not going to completely derail you for the most part unless we're talking about a fairly severe allergy um and so yeah it doesn't have to be your favorite meal speaking you know we set the tone when we go to eat at somebody's house we are partly setting the tone for how they're going to be when they come to our house to eat and so if you just joyfully don't make a stink about it like 
there would have been a day when I was in the food cage stage where I should have been locked away where if somebody tried to give my kid like a piece of Costco cake, I probably would have been like, no, 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 no. You know, we don't eat that. No, no, no. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, I have matured out of that because there is no food that's worth breaking fellowship over. And and so um, that's how I think about it in my mind now. What's more important? We're told which was which is more important in scripture and it's the fellowship right. that we have with other people. So keep that as your main priority and I think that you will be fine whether you're a guest or whether you're serving guests. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have time for a couple more. Okay. Uh, this is Anissa. She is a dental hygienist like your mother, Shay. And she's all about educating folks on the benefits versus risks of dental products. With that being said, when a patient tells when a patient tells me no fluoride, I respect their differing opinion from my own and recommend products with hydro hydroxy hydroxyapatite. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Probably didn't for cavity prevention. Also, diet is the most important way to prevent cavities as well as floss as flossing. I'm looking at you, Ange, because she knows how much I love flossing. Excuse me. My question for Shay is, how does her mom feel? about the anti-fluoride in the L.A. household. <laughs> That's like really uh, well-observed question. <laughs> I didn't know that was where we were going. Um, <laughs> my mom and I have gone the fluoride circle many times because one of my earliest memories is Washington State was, it was on the voting for this particular year. I was very young and it was like, should we put fluoride in our drinking water? Mm. And it did not pass. And my mom was very upset yeah. about it. And she's like, this would be easy, easy, easy. Um, and I think actually, if I, I, my mom and I don't really talk about it anymore. She, they, my parents are so good at respecting what we choose to do, um, which I have taken mm-hmm. such great note of for when my children are older. Um, because when you press your children on, th- on the unimportant things, it just becomes this sort of point of division. Mm-hmm. Um, fluoride is not saving souls. Therefore, it's not like of the utmost important in terms of what we should have disagreements on. So she's she's been very much respectful mm-hmm. of it. But I also think in in her later years, my mom has grown much more. Uh, what's the word? Critical, savvy, <laughs> critical, critical of okay. like, is this actually good? Is this actually good? Mm. Um. Of, of a variety, variety of, things, of things, or this in particular. Of a variety of okay. things. The great thing about fluoride is there are tons of really great options. For example, you can buy concentrated trace mineral drops. And they taste very minerally. They're not particularly enjoyable. But I make my own homemade toothpaste. And I use baking soda and um, charcoal and peppermint oil, on guard oil, and trace mineral drops, and coconut oil. And it makes a really wonderful toothpaste. And when you're having these trace minerals in your mouth, you can also mix in, they make like a topical probiotic. You can mix that into your homemade toothpaste, which is really great. Um, There are great options. Like fluoride, heavy metal Mm -hmm. in your body twice a day is not the only option. And so yes, diet is incredibly important. And I think, um, you know, one of the reasons I think 
my mom has sort of respected our choices is because our children have had very, very, very healthy teeth. So we've had one mm. child who had a cavity, but what we didn't know was that he cracked his tooth. <laughs> and so it that's where it came from. So it was like one of his back molars. Okay. It wasn't actually like a decay kind of a situation. It was like it got cracked and then stuff got stuck down in there. But other than that, they've had great teeth. And so, you know, sometimes the proof is in the pudding. Sometimes you do just kind of need to shut up about it. Just do it. Let it let it mm-hmm. be what it is. But that's those are great options. Uh, I would like to hear more about the trace minerals. Yeah, so that's interesting. You just buy them there, just a little yeah. bottle. You can just put them under your tongue and just take them directly. A lot of people do because our soils are very depleted, and we tend to be very depleted on trace minerals. Um, so yeah, they don't. They just don't really taste good. But if you mix it into your toothpaste, you don't really notice it. Is that like the little salts? Is that what I take in the morning? Yeah, dissolve like these. Salts uh, not quite, but okay. sort of. Yeah, same idea. But I take those, those as well. Really good for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I swear by mm-hmm. those things. I got introduced to them last year, and that was really a big deal. After workout, after a cup of coffee, anything that's like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. dehydrated. There's really great and and um, yes. particular salts too for like tooth enamel and tooth decay and if you go to your health food store you can find ones that are for particular you know maybe skin issues maybe digestive issues even things like anxiety that Mm -hmm. sort of thing so uh, there are some really good options there and a lot of people have used them with really really great success even for something like remineralizing your teeth if you've got a a cavity or such that can be reversed so Mm -hmm. there you go Okay. Do you need another um, one? Hold on here. Yeah, you yeah, you got one. Um <laughs> I get so tired of this question. No, not against oh, you. Boy. Okay, this is from Leah. <laughs> How do you handle the judgmental comments made by people regarding homeschooling your kiddos? I'm about to start kindergarten with my first and I can't help but feel judged when people uh like we're raising a bunch of antisocial weirdos. <laughs> Is that Apparently. still a thing? Didn't like COVID get rid of that stigma uh, for all I of don't us know. after the world had I don't to know. homeschool? Like, okay, <laughs> I don't have a tolerance See? for this. Okay, <laughs> this isn't. I don't have to be polite like I do with raw milk. Like, I'm just to the point in my life, and I, I started out this way. Like, have you ever been around a homeschool kid? I'm sorry. Like, did you just watch like some horrible? documentary from the 80s or something documentary showing like (laughs) what what are you basing that on right like where is this coming from because if you spend any time with homeschool children they're pretty incredible people think they're weird because they can hold a conversation with an adult they can hold a conversation i mean I okay. Yeah. So how do you handle the judgment? Um, I pay it zero mind because those people aren't showing up. Yeah, if it's said to my face, then it's game on. But like, if I just know I'm being judged yeah. off in the corner, like whatever you judge, yeah. knock yourself out. But like, you're gonna say something to me now. We're now we're having now we're yeah now we're doing this. Yeah, I um, would just say and remember who you bear responsibility to, and it's not other people. Yeah, and again, let the proof be in the pudding. You focus on homeschooling your kids the very best you can and raising them to be wonderful 
um, members of society who love and fear the Lord. That's my objective. So that's what mm-hmm. I stay focused on. Mm-hmm. And and I know I know some families are like relentless. I have um, a family member whose in laws. It was relentless, and it was her first time out, so she was, you know. She, didn't didn't quite know what to say didn't really quite have any way to defend herself because she was just Mm -hmm. getting started but yeah you know she was very simply like "Um, I'm responsible for this person yeah I I bear that I will bear that responsibility thank you for your concern right there you go Mm -hmm. here's a fun question this is from Melissa what advice would you give to an entrepreneur Someone wanting to start out their own business. What things have you learned not to do in starting a business? And sort of, we there was another question about how sort of generally we got started blogging and how we generally sort of started our own business. Um, I've talked about this before, like I think a long time ago on the show. I think if I was having lunch with a girlfriend and she asked me this question, I would say like, you ha- have a mentor have someone in business that you can bounce ideas off of that you can show your business plan somebody that's not emotionally connected to the situation so they're not like worried about like how are you going to cover the bills Mm -hmm. or you know like how are you going to where's your time but you're so busy already or you know like just those kind of like emotional responses you get from people when you bring an idea up that you have um like somebody professional who understands business somebody who has an attorney somebody who has employees some like the real deal know someone in business that's I feel really strongly about that and for moms that are going to be entrepreneurs um just do more research than you thought you needed because your time is so precious and you can't waste your time most moms that go into business fail and um, it might have been a cute idea. It might have been a nice idea, but it wasn't well thought out or too much money was spent at the beginning to get it funded. It just, um, it's too easy to miss the mark. So that's why I think b- bringing in wise counsel and making sure that it's um, a profitable endeavor mm-hmm. because your time is so precious and it's so limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to give like the bird's eye view of like how you guys got to this point? Uh, it was, well, it was an accident on my part. <laughs> like I, as far as my blog, as far as my brand, the you know, the words Parisian Farm Girl, that was an accident. I started that blog because it was like the, probably about 18 months into the existence of Facebook, right about the same time. And I was so grossed out. I hate Facebook. I was so grossed out by what I saw on Facebook. Like I felt like I was an adult. I didn't need to be taking it. This is what I told everybody. This is like the standard line I gave. I'm not going to take a picture of my burrito and post it so you can see what I ate for dinner. Like I'm just, I, that's silly to me. I don't, I don't want to be in that world. Um, but I did but I, do, I was intrigued by somebody hearing what I had to say or sh- and in particular sharing pictures of my new journey of motherhood. So I discovered this thing called blogspot.com. <laughs> blogspot. Thought, 
I'm going to start one of those. I don't know what it is. I can barely run a computer, but I'm going to do that. And um, I'm sort of ornery, so I learned how to like go into the backside of it and like manipulate the code a little bit and make things look a little bit different than the standard blog spot template. And then I would start having fun creative creatively there. And then one day I put up a picture as my header of my living room. It was my coffee table and my two yellow French chairs and like my little audience went crazy and people started following it. Designers started following it. Um, <laughs> it was weird. And it just sort of went from there. And then one day I got asked to be in um, Where Women Cook. And then one day I got asked to be in a coffee table book. And it just kind of it was just a slow burn. Nothing ever, nothing viral, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Just like always a little bit at a time, which was enough exposure to fuel or give appropriateness to my next idea, an audience for my next idea. Yep. There you go. That's how I found Angela. I found her through her blog. I don't remember. I don't remember how the internet was so different back then. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, again, when we talked about not going back to things, I would never want to go back to to the blog spot days. That was very much a cage stage for me where I just sort of discovered real food and what you could do with it and how you could manipulate your body yeah. and your emotions with what you put in it and what you put on it and um, probably should have filtered quite a bit more than I did at the beginning. But um, same, very similar, like kind of just happened upon blogs, didn't know what it meant. In fact, I remember meeting a blogger one time on the streets um, right outside the floral shop I worked at. And I said, well, what do you do for a living? And she's like, oh, I blog. And I was like, what? what does that word even mean? What a silly word. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, but just started documenting and just started writing and started sharing and, you know, very slow burn. People always say, like, we get a lot, a lot of new bloggers who reach out to us, like, oh, how do I make money with my blog? We're the wrong people to ask because both of us blogged, I think, for years, yeah. years, 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 years. I remember my cousin who was selling, like, ad space at the time calling me and being like, you know you can put ads on your blog. And I was just like, uh-huh. What? What? How does that work? <laughs> well, that's like you. For heaven's sake, you figured it out before I did. One of the first phone conversations we ever had was you, where you said, like, you're not an Amazon affiliate. Yeah, what which is funny. About? I don't even do that anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I, so I don't even such. know what you're um, talking about. People would buy something that I recommended? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the internet, you yeah. guys, has changed so much since then. It's changed. It was Back then, it was definitely like a community. Oh. Like you'd list all your yes. buddies on the sidebar, yes. and you'd support each share other, share each other's content, like, oh, you know, share each other's. Yeah, um, yeah. algorithms yeah. have changed a lot of that, unfortunately. And I actually sometimes I just miss those bloggers that I used to follow because it did feel like you had this peek into their life in a way that, you know, we sort of get the pseudo version of that now on on Facebook and on Instagram, but it's just not the same. It's just it was such a totally different world. Mm-hmm. back then um so now um you know one of the ways that the Elliott homestead makes money as a blog is we do a paid newsletter where we share exclusive recipes and content just with our sub stack um 
newsletter subscribers. And and the reason for that is because social mm-hmm. media is is a bit of a dumpster fire to me. And, you know, we got a question, like, how do you deal with the hate? Well, one of the ways I do that is I put up a paywall. And, and I know that that sounds maybe a bit harsh, but it's incredible what I have found in this audience that I have been working on, you know, sort of cultivating for the last 15 years. Like, um, five dollars mm-hmm. a month is the difference between somebody being like, "Thank you for this recipe. I really appreciate it," and um, "You're a stupid idiot." <laughs> Basically, like it's it's a very small. True. It doesn't have to be much, but it, it genuinely is the difference mm-hmm. of filtering out probably ninety percent of those people, and that that who should not mm-hmm. be really following along with what we're doing anyway. So now like when I put up butchering content, for example, because we do butcher our meat and we raise our own meat and people don't, a lot of people don't like that. Those people probably aren't the best fit for the Elliot Homestead. And so sharing that content mm-hmm. exclusively with Substack, um, not only does it free me up to like share all that without any kind of ads or any kind of affiliate or anything, it's just good old fashioned writing which is like what blogging used to be it's like here's words here's pictures no interruptions and i love that i love reading substack newsletters um it just yeah it eliminates so much of that so it's it's sad in a way that it's gotten to that point but in a way i think it's kind of coming back around again yeah well the you know to our audience that's following probably a lot of people and they've seen this word paywall they've seen substack um i don't use substack i just made a five dollar a month um old world design society pass so you can attend the class you can join the forum you're not going to get the magazine but you can be a part of everything else um it's because yeah and i might have a rant coming on in social media on instagram but there's just People in our position, not just Shay and I, but like just have taken such a beating the last couple years and it doesn't get seen all the time. It's in the inbox and it's really um, discouraging. It's like you didn't entertain me. You made a mistake. I didn't like what you said. And it's yes, we're, we should filter that out and water off a duck's back. But it, when you're trying to stay in a creative mode that really, really, really inhibits your creativity. And so um, mm-hmm. you do. You're seeing this words mm-hmm. paywall, substack, whatever. And it's just like, hey, like if you really want to come into the inner sanctum, <laughs> like I need to get paid for my work. There's very funny reels about that floating around right now. Um, but so that falls under that whole like entrepreneur thing where like really put on your thick skin, really develop a strategy women get really hung up about um I think this is I'm gonna make a broad statement here women get hung up about charging for things asking for money taking money getting paid money giving money um it's not our strong suit because we're geared up as givers you know caretakers um so just make sure you're Mm -hmm. ready for all of that and again that's where a mentor I think is gonna really Mm -hmm. walk with you through that give you some non-emotional um Mm-hmm. advice counsel yep there you go mm-hmm. um there you there's go. a lot more i could say on that that's a really interesting topic to me right now mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. um let's just go out with a fun one okay. i think we have time for one more do you want should we we opened with travel okay. let's close with travel um this is from an old house um 
how do you go about planning foreign trips we'd love to visit europe the uk trying to decide which country italy greece all of them go to all of them but i'm nervous about (laughs) planning a trip yeah right to places i've never been okay this is an interesting thing about americans you meet europeans and they like they've been everywhere that's just it seems stereotypically like that's what they do um we've been to resorts in mexico but basically plan to stay at a nice resort for the the duration of our vacation so picking was easy but we want to see sites in europe and the uk give us well first off i would say be nice to yourself because if you got like a stamp in your passport for every state you'd been to you'd probably have a pretty full passport like the united states is Mm -hmm. so big it's so big and like I'm in Washington. I've been to Oregon. I've been to California. I've been to Idaho. I've been to Wyoming. I've been to Arizona. Like, you know, I've been to all my little, all my states, all the southern states, over to see Angela. Like, um, and that's like a country. <laughs> the differences across the country are like the differences in a country. Right, yeah. exactly. And so um, mm-hmm. I think I think travel is really exciting, and I do think, regardless of how you travel, even if you're just a road tripping through the Grand Canyon or something, um, you never ever return the same person. You just you take in these stories and you take in these experiences, and maybe you take in these culture differences. And so I think it's awesome that you're wanting to do that. Um, I want to go to Greece so badly, and. I just feel like you should just go there. I just feel like that's where you should start. You should just go. I'd like to do a Greece-Egypt combo. Yes. I really would like to go down the Nile River oh, and yeah. see the pyramids. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I guess I would say there's really, really, really great forums online where you can learn about where you should go. I mean, in the age of the internet, it's easy to get mm-hmm. overwhelmed, but you can just dial in some stuff too. And there are people that can help you. Like, remember travel agents? There's still, still a thing, a and thing. I'm telling you, they are worth the money it's like hiring an architect for your project it's a little more upfront, but holy cow do they know what they're doing the good ones the good ones Mm -hmm. so if you're going to a completely foreign place i I would start there Mm -hmm. where would you yeah i would read a ton i read a ton about Mm -hmm. new places Mm -hmm. yeah and then try to google you know once i like if i know where i'm going then i try to read just a outrageous amount on that and then just pull up oh yeah for me it's always just about finding like one little nugget like I was watching a Paris video the other day and they mentioned something I've never done before and I'm like oh how have I missed that Mm -hmm. check (laughs) adding that to the roster to what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. the itinerary and you just uh you know everybody travels different so some people are going to be more comfortable on Mm -hmm. a tour so, you know, you have bus tours, you have minivan tours, you can plan your trip and do day trips, you know, with a guided tour. So if you don't want to tool around Paris by yourself, you can find somebody to take you around for a few days. Um, but I would just just start immersing yourself in that. Hone in on where you want to go. You know, don't research all the company, the mm-hmm. countries, but um, pick where you want to go and find all the incidents. Someone once said and- to me... Um, Remember that you're the same person like when you travel. So if you don't like golfing, mm-hmm. you're not going to like golfing in Switzerland. Like, you know, like you have to remember who you are when you go. Yeah. I hate groups and meetings. I hate meetings. I hate Being groups. bound to anybody's schedule. I would never yeah. want to do a tour. I would never. I would shrivel up and die 
on a tour. I will figure it out on my own. Other people, that's scary. They don't want to drive in a foreign country. They don't want to navigate mm-hmm. that literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you are wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. You're the same person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this the trip that we're doing now, um, I felt very much like my feet had sort of been taken out from underneath me because our last trip, well, our, this Italy trip has been rescheduled three times because of COVID. But, um, you know, we were meant to go with Carla. Like we had sort of boots on the ground. My friend Carla, who lived in Bologna, outside of Bologna. And and so like we had a, a local to sort of who was going to walk us around these places. Mm-hmm. And then she unexpectedly passed. And so I felt very much like this dream had to die because I had sort of lost my my safety net there. And prayed a lot about it actually because I felt like that piece of my heart was missing and so now we are going back with an Italian American who speaks Italian which is very helpful um not necessary but helpful certainly and and she sort of has been the the ringleader of being like okay well what what do you want to do and then let me see if I can sort of orchestrate that and piece that together Mm -hmm. and so there are people like that too um, some people, I will say, like, some people are really good to travel with and some people are not. And just choose your choose your crowd carefully because some people figure things out. I mean, I remember being in Paris, never been on a subway before, had no clue what to do or how to do it. I was very confused. And how do I figure out the map and where this goes? And we had ultimately we got on the wrong subway. And I had no idea where we were going or like how to change trains. I just hadn't figured it out yet. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember one of my companions just freezing up, like just gone, Mm. like she was gone. And so it was like, well, I guess like this is that fight or flight moment. Like you're either going to figure this out or you're just going to ride the subway into eternity and, you know, not not be able to get off. Anyway, um, just choose your travel companions carefully because you have to learn. You got to be like, what was the word you used last week? We got to be fluid. When you travel internationally and you're mm-hmm. there's language barriers yes. and cultural barriers, like you got to be fluid. You got to just be like a jellyfish and just kind of be willing to go with yep. the flow very much so. Okay. Yeah. More on that next week. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ladies, uh, thanks for joining us. And we probably don't say it enough, but thank you so much to the patrons. Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. You guys keep this podcast rolling. We are, what, two and a half years in now? And it's just, yeah, it's like a snowball going downhill. I try not to think about it too much, but um, it's gaining momentum. And we're so, so, so grateful for all of you. And our advertisers, uh, mm-hmm. Tubes and Company, they have a special spot in each show. So if you've never visited toopsandco.com, be sure to check the Homemaker Chic podcast website because that's where the coupon codes are for all of our wonderful advertisers, most of which have been with us since day one. And Shay and I get a lot of questions mm-hmm. about our skincare and our natural, naturally-minded beauty routines, and Tubes and Co. is the solution mm-hmm. that we use Every single day, we each have our favorite products. You've heard us talk about them on the show. But make it easy. Go visit homemakerchicpodcast.com and check out the Tubes & Co. link and 
you can make, uh, you have two more weeks to use that particular one-time purchase mm-hmm. coupon. So stock up on some some goodness. The season change is coming. Your skin is crying out. Moisture. <laughs> loving care. Moisture. Yeah, very much so. Okay, Angela's yawning, sneezing, coughing. I'm not sure. But well, I'm sneezing. we will be back here with you for the season <laughs> finale next Monday. And I know. Here we go. Wow. Okay, ladies. That's crazy. Okay. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week. Cheers.